Welcome back to the Seattle Sports Union Podcast. My name is Abraham DeWeese, back once again for another great podcast episode with our favorite soccer fiend, one Richard A. Maxson, the Ram. And with us again, of course, are the two goofy, wacko, crazy, insane, went to lesser university friends of mine, Brian the Solman Solak and Matthew Page. Wow, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> did you like how I, com- I complimented you guys this week? You I mean, did. That is a compliment. I appreciate that. <laughs> so I guess, yeah, that's that's as good a compliment as I'm going to get from Abraham. So, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Probably, yeah. All <laughs> right. All righty. So we got, we got baseball on the mind. We got soccer on the mind. And then we've got uh, uh, NBA basketball on the mind. How many of you guys have watched more than five minutes that doesn't include at a bar, it's in the background, and you're not paying attention? I've watched a bunch. Okay. Of, of what? How do we watch what? zero? Um, I've, I've watched um, hey, hang I've watched on. a couple. This, this doesn't work if you say you've watched it. Well, I'm, I'm trying to clarify which sport are you referring to? NBA. Basketball. Oh, okay. basketball. Playoffs. <laughs> See, Matt, Matt is so familiar with basketball, he doesn't know what the NBA is. <laughs> what, what is the NBA? Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't name more than like five players. I couldn't even name five players. <laughs> um, anyway, anyway. Uh, so, yeah. So, you've been watching a little bit. Um, Brian, have you been watching at all? I've watched zero. Okay, okay. Um, I've been kind of watching, but it's on in the background and I'm not really paying attention. But I did notice one thing. Um, did you notice that none of the teams that are left have won a championship in the last 50 years? I think no. I heard Phoenix is in it, that, so that's probably Phoenix one of was them. 70. Okay, maybe that was 47 Has years ago. Has it really ago. been Phoenix? Has it really been that long for Phoenix? Yep. Yeah, I think it was like the Paul Westfall era when he was playing, not coaching. Yeah, oh, is, uh, it, is, it, is it winning? Are you saying winning or being there in the finals? Both, actually, to be honest. Yeah. Okay, um, I was, was going to say, because I, I, when, I, when I lived in Phoenix like 10 years ago, I thought, or about 15 years ago, I thought with Steve Nash and them, I thought they made a run. Made a run, but I mean, no, never they, won they, it. I, they never got to the finals. And okay. I think the farthest they got was the Western Conference Finals. The best chance they had was against the Spurs, where they got knocked out in the Western semis. That was the um, Steve Nash getting uh, body checked into the scorer's table game. Was that also Where? the Tim McGonaghy series? The crooked ref? Oh, was, yeah. Or was, yeah. That the, or was that the Mavericks? Possibly. That might have been the Could Mavericks been. in Phoenix. I think you're right. I don't know. I can't remember. That's uh, right the, right the, era, anyway. The, the fact that, you know, I find more credibility in the WWE than I do boxing or uh, <laughs> NBA games. I mean, that's uh, fascinating. W too. It's fascinating to me that there's actual some there's actually some parody this year in the NBA. I mean, looking up and seeing that there's none of the blue bloods in there. It's fascinating. And I wonder what that means for the NBA. Do you guys think this is going to kill them? Because aren't they a star driven league? Yeah, I, I mean, they are a star driven league, but. I don't know anybody in the league, so they they probably do have lots of you, stars. That, I know you and Matt say that, but you actually do know the names. You've heard them. They're on TV. They're on commercials. I mean, you know who Kevin Durant is. You've heard of LeBron James. The the the, the those are the two that I could name. <laughs> there's more. You know, 
you know, don't stop underselling. Stop underselling yourself. Bad for the game to have teams that don't have the main main you know main stars there. I mean, every every once in a while, it's nice to have a break. I think and have some of the lesser teams come up or or the you know so-called lesser teams, um, you know, without the star players get in there and get a mix, get a little variety, see some parody. It's, it's nice. I think it's good for any sport. I agree. And I think that's a failing in college football as well Is it's nothing but blue buds. And I'm glad they're expanding to 12 teams. Oh yeah. College football is the same. Yeah. I, I don't even pay attention to the playoff the last like five years. It's not relevant to me anymore. Yeah. I was going to say one of, go ahead. one of the reasons that um, like one of the best stories about the NBA from say the last decade or so is actually the rise of the golden state warriors as a neutral they were kind of like must see TV for me if I wanted to watch a sporting event. Um, certain times of the year, you know, I could, you know, have a 50 50 chance the Warriors would on, were on and they were on national television. Um, and they were really, really fun to watch because they played basketball the right way with, you know, sharing the ball. And yes, they did have stars, but it wasn't just hero ball, you know, spread the floor, <laughs> have one guy do isolation over and over and over again. So, uh, it was fun basketball to watch. So eh, disagree. I, I I agree with you, and I agree with Matt on the point that thank God there's some parody. I don't, you know, I'm getting sick of can't, can't be the Lakers every year. I'm sick of it, you know. Um, I, but I disagree in the point that uh, uh, that they were a fun team to watch. I don't think the NBA plays defense anymore. <laughs> like um, I'm I'm not excited about 140 point games, Rich. Oh. Um, they were, this is the same defense they played in the seventies when you were a kid, man. He was a baby then. Come on. Yeah. I mean, this isn't the, our formative years of watching basketball. Okay. No, I mean, it's, it's not the Jerry Sloan 80 to 75 games. Um, thank goodness for that. But I mean, even if you go back to like the magic versus Isaiah Thomas era of the late nineties, those finals games were all well over 100 points scored by both teams. So it, it was only the the late 90s, which were kind of like the sludge, sludge your way through a mat and you know through a game with like 20 points a quarter. It was horrible to watch. But are you really excited about five guys standing at the three point line and just passing it around and shooting? Does that does that I mean, thrill you? I mean, is that it's not doing it for you? It doesn't thrill me, but. But it's better than watching like one guy post up an entire team for like fifteen seconds on the shot clock. So like, didn't are get you, you. Are you? I'm sorry to interrupt. Are you a Utah Jazz fan, Rich? I gotta ask. No, not really. Like, they're probably the team I root for the most, but it's it's not the same. Like, it 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 will never be the same relationship that I had with the Sonics. Like, it's just not it. It, it, it's kind of like it, it's kind of like having a second team in baseball. I mean, yes, I hate the Mariners and they they've ruined my life and <laughs> they're the worst thing about being from Seattle. But um, like, even though I, I do follow other baseball teams, I don't root for them. I don't have a like a love of them. I'm not living and dying like. I guess the closest I ever came was watching the Boston Red Sox come back from being down three to zero against the Yankees and then win the World Series. Like that, 
that's probably as close, but that, that had honestly had a lot more to do with a visceral hatred for the Yankees than it did. Oh, yeah. Like I, I really liked that, that Boston Red Sox team. I thought they were, it was a fun team to watch and I enjoyed them, but, but it was also that it was against the Yankees. Yeah. Not a fan of the Red Sox. And I think anybody who roots for them is probably a bandwagon fan. Solak, speaking wow, of which, what a, what a, I didn't get your feedback. I did not get what your feedback on whether, no, no. And everybody got their say. Solak did yeah. not get his say on what he thought about uh, the parody in basketball right now. <laughs> it doesn't sound like it makes you really want to watch it anymore because you haven't been watching it, right? No, I'm I'm a little offended by what you said about my Red Sox. So hey, we're talking little, basketball. But, we're talking basketball. Uh, yeah, we're not, stop no, stop deviating to baseball. We're talking basketball here. I, I, I'm not going to watch any – I don't care about the parody. I mean, I'm glad there's new teams in the finals, but I mean, make, I don't know if it's going to improve the ratings for the NBA, but I, I could care less still, unless it was the Lakers or Golden State. I probably wouldn't turn on the TV to watch the playoffs because I, I hate the NBA. I've hated them ever since they left Seattle. Seattle got stolen by Oklahoma City. So yeah. that's my opinion on that. All right. Okay, let's talk about other things we hate. That, that'd be the Mariners. <laughs> Not not a not a big fan of these guys right here. Um, Rich, feel free to jump in when you when you have an opinion. But we're going to go a little bit in on the Mariners here. I don't. I know you're probably more interested in the Salt Lake Bees or or the Weber State Weeblos or whoever um, is playing What's in Utah. That would be great. That would be a great name. Trademark infringement, but great name. Weaver, Weaver State Weeblos. Okay. Um, uh, what do you guys think of? Uh, Somebody sent me a message that said, uh, asking whether Jared Kelenic will be back. And the first thing I did was look up to see if he was dead. Um, so let's, let's ignore it. <laughs> let's ignore the fact. Let's ignore that question that was, that was asked. And let's just talk about Jared Kelenic. And, um, when do we think he'll be back? I'll jump in there first. I think he'll be back once Mitch Hanniger is traded at the trade deadline. Kelenic needs to work out whatever issues he had when he was up here, when he went batted 096 in his 91 at bats, I, I, I agree Matty shouldn't be batting leadoff and he's still continuing to bat leadoff in, in Tacoma right now. It doesn't make any sense. Why does it, um, as a baseball guy, why does it not make sense for him to be in the leadoff position? Uh, great question. I think it's more that he's a, he's more of a power hitter and I, I, I don't think a power hitter should be batting leadoff. I know nowadays with the stupid st statistics, they try to put more people on, you know, up near the top of the lineup that have a higher on base percentage. But I think that's a lot of crap. Yeah, George Springer too. But George Springer's a, he's a, I mean, that team was a better team and had more athletes on it. I hate to say it, but Kellen, Kellen just another reason why the, the Mariners franchise is a bunch of idiots. Just, anybody, I hope they don't ruin this kid. The any, thinking of anybody else have an opinion higher. on that? So go ahead, Matt. Go ahead. Okay, yeah. The thinking, the thinking of having a guy higher up in the order is that he gets more at bats. That's just, I mean, that's just, that's not statistics. That's just numbers. Period. He gets more at bats. You, I think the number, if you want to have the player get the most at bats, for some reason, it's like you want him to bat second. I don't know why, but somehow that ad, the math comes out better. Um, but the reality is, when he's a rookie and he's having troubles. Why are we putting up there to, with the pressure, the added pressure of trying to set the table for the for the leadoff hitter or the, the the cleanup hitters and stuff? 
he should have been starting, you know, sixth or seventh or eighth in the batting order, a little bit lesser pressure. Um, just let him get in, get in the flow of things. And, uh, and I don't agree with putting him in the, in the, in the leadoff role, like Brian's saying there nowadays there's, there's, there's a trend away from the prototypical leadoff hitter. Uh, and, and, you know, like, like George, George Springer, I mentioned, he, he's a power hitter. He's, he, he generally hits leadoff. Um, but I, you know, I, I think, I think maybe eventually he could take that role, but I think for a rookie, and he's having obviously having struggles. You don't put him in in uh, in, in the leadoff spot. That's just dumb. It's like it's extra pressure. I don't when the, yeah. when the kids trying to adjust to a next a newer higher level of competition. And I, and I don't think it's fair to keep harping up on George Springer because that's not what ruined baseball. I mean, it really would be Dustin Pedroia leading off when he's not a real oh, leadoff a hitter. Yeah. So Rich, Rich, in a scenario, I would like you to respond to Matt in a scenario uh, yeah. where <laughs> where. Wow. You put a rookie as a leadoff hitter, the number probably top three ranked prospect in all of baseball. Um, is that obviously it didn't work, but I mean, was there, is there any sound theory in doing that or is it just a dumb move? I think in general, putting a rookie, I mean, unless they are a leadoff hitter. Okay. Like, like the, you know, you you got a left fielder. He's a hot yeah. shot. He he wins the job in spring training, and he's a leadoff hitter. And you don't have another leadoff hitter. Yeah, then you then like that's their job. That's their role. That's what they're comfortable doing. They've presumably been in Double A AA or Triple A. But Kalenic has been like a second, third, fourth, fifth kind of a guy in the lineup in the minor leagues. Mm-hmm. He's got one of the purest swings I've ever seen. And here's what here's what you need to do with the guy. Either you bring him up because he won a spot in spring training. You don't play games with a guy, right? You don't have your president in a Ugh. chamber of commerce meeting talking about how he's manipulating uh, the baseball rules to basically screw this guy out of a out of a payday. Like that's no way to retain talent. I mean. I uh, think if someone did that in, um, I don't know, any of our businesses that we work in. Hey, uh, hey there, Brian, I'm screwing you on your salary. <laughs> I mean, yep. like, come on. Like, that's a terrible way to start your career. Right. Okay? Yeah. Second of all, either either you tell the guy, look, you're batting leadoff because we think that you um, are going to set the table for these guys or whatever you tell them. Right. And you make a you make a commitment. You are starting. I don't care if you hit 096. You are my starter. You're going to bat leadoff. That's where you're going to be. Or you do the traditional thing where you don't make him a starter. You move him kind of around the lineup. He's more of a spot starter, a sub, a pinch hitter, etc. And you kind of work him in. Either way is fine, but the Mariners can't seem to make up their mind of what they want to do, which is the problem with this guy. They, they have no spine, backbone, or morals, so... That translates throughout the organization. Yep. So Kalanick's gone uh, three for eight with two home runs this week. Two stolen bases, walks, four runs. You know, doing great. And I'm looking at Solak. Solak, I'm looking at you. People on the podcast can't see you, but I can see you. You look like I just punched your Carlton Fist doll. You, you, look, times, yeah. you look like I went up to Jim Rice and, and put, his, put, his, put his, you know, head into a swirly. <laughs> you look angry over there. So we're going to, we're going to throw you a bone and, and we're going to talk about, um, JP Crawford. Um, one of the, one of the 
things that actually worked out well, one of the trades that actually worked out very well, I think, for the Mariners, what do you think, uh, start back with you, Solak, about putting him in the leadoff position? Uh, about damn time. I mean, he batted there during spring training. He had a terrible, terrible spring, and they decided to put him down low in the order, which was dumb. I mean, the guy's a, t- a prototype leadoff hitter, in my opinion, and just because he had a bad spring training doesn't mean you need to start out the season in the bottom of the order. And ever, ever since he moved up to the top of the order, once Kellenic got you know demoted to down to Tacoma, he's the guy has had nearly 1,100 on base per, on base plus slugging percentage in June. And yeah, the Mariners are a crappy team, but this guy is hitting the ball and he's getting on base. I mean. Scott Service should have done this a long time ago. Just another idiotic move by him and, and the Mariners' management. Crawford Crawford should be an all-star, in my opinion. Not starting, but the guy guy's a legitimate player. Right on. Uh, Matt? Well, he's, oh, sorry. Go he's ahead, Rich. Second in, he's second in on-base percentage, and he can steal a base, and he's, like, halfway decent So with his bat. So, like, yeah, absolutely he should be a leadoff hitter. Matt, let's talk about let's talk about the one that may not have worked out after all, and that would be Justice Sheffield. And uh, anybody who watch watches Root Sports and the pregame shows, we have been promised that this was the this was the next uh, next next you know greatest and latest you know Cy Young oh. guy to to arrive yeah, on this team. He's a Yankee prospect. I, I never had never had high hopes for him. I mean. Sheffield, I think, has the potential to be a pretty reliable fifth starter. And I, I, I've adjusted it over time. Sometimes I say fourth starter. Sometimes I say fifth starter. Sometimes I say maybe he'd fit in the bullpen. But uh, I, I think I think everyone had their expectations way too high for this guy. And, and you know, he could be a fifth starter. I think, I think he's still got some kinks to work out. Um, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not calling it a bust. Okay. I'm not still calling, I'm not calling it a bust just yet. Um, so like, uh, so like, who do you like better Sheffield or Gilbert? I Long-term. like Logan Gilbert hundred oh, percent better. Question. Yeah. Well, what, I mean, Gil- what, what do you see out of him? I mean, because I'm looking at, I'm looking at their war cause the three of you like stats, right? Oh, I'm looking at their gosh. war. They're all about war. the same war. War, Guar, Guar. Oh, one is sh- legitimately one. One can be maybe a number two, and one tops out at, at a number four. Uh, uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, tell tell me, Solak. Actually, no. Stick with you, Matt. You're saying he's a legitimate number two. Why? Don't just proclaim him to be a number two. What do you see in him? Because he has the talent and the pitches. What does he? What? Yeah. But Sheffield I, doesn't. I get that, but what are you seeing? <laughs> Because Sulman, you saw him at Ever at Ever, didn't you? No, he had no. He, he was he ill that us. year. He skipped us. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah he, he had was mono, that kind of sucks. Mono. Yep, yep. That's right. Mono. Yeah, he had mono winning the year that year. So <sighs> if only, he only had, saw Josh Stowers. If only had full stereo, we would have seen him. <laughs> the guy can throw. He can throw strikes. The guy knows how to hit. You know, hit all corners of the plate. He has, I think, four pitches. The future is bright for this kid. I mean, he went he went to he went up against Justin Bieber last week. Justin Bieber, <laughs> Shane Bieber, Shane Bieber. There we go. <laughs> but I, I like to call him Justin Bieber, and the guy do, totally dominated the game. And he, hey, he's coming into his own right now. I mean, I, I'll be honest. His first two starts, I thought maybe they they wait they, they shouldn't have put brought him up, but 
the guy's proven himself, and I do agree with Matt. He's going to be a number two and even possibly a number one starter down the road. The, the guy's legit. He's a rookie. He's going to get blown up. Uh, and, 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 oh, yeah, to, to quote to quote Abraham's war, because I know he loves war. I love war. Uh, you know, yeah. Sheffield has 12, 12 games started right now. He has a 0.0 war. And uh, Mr. Gilbert only has, uh, what, six six games now under his belt? He has half a war. Point five. Boy, uh, That's this, better than zero. This point, I take. About, at this point, I take the Falcons war. So, I'm, you guys are watching the games. I'm just looking at the stats here. Yeah. But okay, look, raw numbers. Gilbert strikes out more guys per nine innings yeah. than Sheffield does. He gives yeah, up less walks per point. nine innings than Sheffield does. He gives up less hits per nine innings than Sheffield does. He gives up less homers per nine innings than Sheffield does. Pretty simple. Well, Gilbert, Gilbert just has, not very good. Gil, the difference, the difference really is control. Gilbert has it, and yep. Sheffield has it sometimes. Uh, he's still working out some kinks. Like yeah. I said, I'm not ready to. I'm not calling him a, a complete bust. He has use at the major league level for us. But he's 25. He better figure some stuff out soon. Yep. Looked like crap last night. Looking like he's hurt. Fifth, we'll see what happens. Fifth year, well, fourth and a half a year, I guess. He, here's here's one other thing, guys. He's given up eight unearned runs. Who who has? Sheffield. So in, on top of his ERA being horrible, and if you want to do the advanced stats, they all look horrible too. But like, <laughs> even like. He doesn't have okay. You want to talk like about intangibles, Abe, because you love intangibles. I love and intangibles. Spirit and, I do. and all the I all like the hippie, verve, hippy dippy stuff. I like verve and gusto. Okay, look, like why is Jack Morris in the Hall of Fame? Right, he's a pretty good. He's like the, the poster boy for like the the, two, the the Hall of Very Good, right? I don't know two World Series with two different teams. You're gonna tell me he's in the Hall of Very Good? He had, he had almost as many losses as he had wins. Nolan Ryan had the most, gave up the most walks in baseball. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's a Nolan sign of Ryan longevity. Stop. Okay. But, oh. but the thing about Jack Morris is that he supposedly had the attitude that he could handle like a one run game or even if his, his team didn't like, they gave up an error and got a guy on Composure base, shipping out of the inning. The he had for. like the mental fortitude to get himself out of the jam, right? Composure. That's yeah, the, the composure. This guy doesn't have any composure. Like the fact that after errors happen, he's still giving up runs is a bad sign. Like, I, I expect a few. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta fight you on this though. Eight run difference. I, I gotta like fight you games. on this Jack Morris thing. On this Jack Morris thing, and I don't know why Solak's not backing me up on this one. I haven't had a chance. I didn't, oh. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I'm giving you your chance jump to in here, to jump in. <laughs> or is it because I said that stuff about the Red Sox? You don't want to help me. Oh my god! <laughs> Shut the f up and tell us your point, and I'll good. No, no, my- no, no. I mean, do you think Jack Morris was very good or a Hall of Famer? I mean. I thought he was very good. I, I didn't think he deserved <laughs> to, to be voted right away in the Hall of Fame. I didn't disagree when the Veterans Committee voted him in. I mean, at the time, so hard to say. But he wasn't a first ballot Hall of Famer, and I understand why they didn't vote him in right away. But you guys understand that in the 80s, look, 
the 80s pitchers weren't they, they weren't sent to the hall of fame you can name all the pitchers that went in the hall of fame in the 80s on like maybe two hands <laughs> right i mean there were you're actually making a good point yeah there wasn't a preponderance of them it's no, there because wasn't. The, uh, the Cincinnati Reds didn't think that any good pitchers existed. And I mean, like their entire team got inducted into the Hall of Fame. So that's like part of it. Right. Because like the Hall of Fame voter part of the Hall of Fame voting is. Uh... No, I guess. It, never mind. It's the sports writers. Uh, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's stupid that no pitchers got inducted well, in the 80s. Yeah. The sports but, writers. Are idiots. Uh, I, I can agree with you on that. Uh, what were we talking? Oh yeah. We're obviously eighties baseball is more interesting to us than the Mariners, but we're going to go back to the Mariners here. Um, <laughs> Hanniger, Mitch Hanniger, the big to do right now is we got to trade Mitch Hanniger. Matt, do we got to trade yes. Mitch Hanniger? No, we're not trading him. No, do I've we- gone back and forth. I've gone back and forth <laughs> on this. I like how you I'm, I'm starting to get it. You know what? It's like the Felix articles. Every year they'd be like, "Hey, the Felix, they need to trade Felix to the Yankees because because they're wasting Felix. We're wasting Felix in Seattle. We're wasting him. He needs to be on the Yankees because for some reason the Yankees were entitled to our best player." And it sounds, you know, I'm I'm hearing that again with Mitch Haniger. You know, we need to trade him because there are teams that are entitled to him, and and he needs to go somewhere and play play good and and all that. And I'm beginning to think. No, we'll hold on to him for another year. Uh, you know, he's he's the best player on the team by far right now, uh, and he's consistent, and he's not that old. And why not keep him? I mean, the only we got it. We got to stop trading away talent at some point if we're gonna be good. The only way to get good is to accumulate talent. Why are we trading away more talent? I'm tired of do- doing that. I want to keep him. Where are you at with them, Solak? I at the beginning of the season, I would have agreed with Matt, but I they, they got it. If the right offer comes along, he needs to go. I mean, the re, the rebuild. I I I know they're trying to say 2022. They're going to be competing for the playoffs. I know you can't see my quotes, but <laughs> I, I think they've fallen behind on that path. And if the right offer comes along, where they could trade Hanniger and probably one of our top ten prospects for a, someone who's going to make an impact on this team. Make it happen. Hanniger is making an impact on this team. Uh, but he, it, it, uh, we got enough young talent in the minors in the outfield to where we can replace him. And do we? I think we do. I mean, it, it, I well, he, Mr. Fraley has certainly shown up in a big way the last yeah. two weeks, three weeks. Yeah, Jake Fraley. Yes, has. Jake Fraley has, but Kyle Lewis keeps getting injured. And well, let me let me enter. That, yeah. Jake Fraley was scratched from the lineup tonight, but they they won't say why. So I don't know what's going on there. So he might be hurt again too. <clears throat> but yes, he has turned. It seems to turn it around the last couple of weeks. Yeah, Mr. Mr. Lewis might be out for the season. So yep, yep you know, exactly. We, who are we going to put out in the outfield at this point? Rich, oh, are you available? We 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 have what three outfielders on the roster right now? Trammell can't hit. <laughs> He's pretty pretty well proven that. Um, Rich, are you? Hanager, Fraley, and Trammell are the only ones <laughs> on the roster right now. Like we're we're carrying like twenty five pitchers for some reason. Uh, that's the um, that's new baseball. That's the new baseball these days. Just the yep. way it is. Is pitchers can and only twenty six man roster, so we'd have twenty six pitchers. By the way, but anyway, uh, apparently in the new in the right. new world, pitchers can only pitch th- exactly three batters, no more. 
<laughs> they can't pitch any more than that. And legally now you can't pitch any fewer than that. So, I mean, thank God baseball fixed, fixed, fixed baseball forever with that minimum three batter rule. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Sure. Sped up all the games, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, and, and. Well, I mean, honestly though, like my solution is the only one that I can think of that would speed up a game. And that is. That you require pitchers and batters to stay on the mound yeah. um, and and in the box. No timeouts, like unless there's like an injury or, or an something. equipment malfunction or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like You'll obviously break a bat that the umpire. But but if if the if the batter or the pitcher doesn't comply, just start calling strikes and balls, and change the rules so they can do that, and give the umpires a mandate to keep the game going because that is where that's where it slows down that it's like every 50 seconds or minute and a half you'd have like a pitch to Derek Jeter you know because he has to adjust his batting gloves 57 times and A-Rod was the worst at that yep I mean name name your player in the 90s and the 2000s I mean it got worse and worse and worse so it's not the pitching changes it's not anything else it's that the the time between pitches has gone dramatically up. I, uh, I I agree to a certain extent on that, but at the same time, I'm one of the people who does not care about the length of the game. I'm not. I, I don't. I don't agree with any of the efforts. Uh, but you need. Hang on. Up, hang on. Really. And you keep saying this, but you need to. You need to think about this. You don't care about it, but yet they keep making rules about it that angers you. So you that's, do. Yes. So you do care yeah. about it. No, I mean, I mean, like I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't agree with their attempts to, to to speed up the game. Is what I'm saying. I guess um, I, I I don't agree with any of their messing with the pitchers, and on in terms of mound height, they're talking about moving the mound back. They're talking about all kinds of stuff like that. The clock, I think, is a decent attempt to kind of you know like at least make them aware they gotta they gotta keep it moving. But yeah, I don't know. Um, oh. By the way, uh, Mr. Mr. Evan White, one of the players that we haven't talked about yet, uh, is is uh, had a quote setback unquote uh, in AAA, so he he hasn't been hitting well enough. So they have a setback, so he's going to stay in Tacoma for a little while longer, folks. Uh, what a sh- shitty contract that was. Yep. Uh, um, well, it might still it might still pan out. We're we're not we're not dead yet on that. Um, I'm, I'm dead. It's bad. (laughs) (laughs) It's no good. Uh, spider tack, spider tack does whatever a spider tack can. Can you believe it guys? Cheaters all around. So as you guys really Uh. wanted all the Houston Astros to get their heads thrown at because they're dirty, rotten, mean, bug eyed, evil, bad guys. You guys wanted that. You wanted 100 mile an hour fastballs thrown at their heads. No. Now, now, no. now, because of no. the spider tech thing, no, 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 you got to no, be on no, the same no, page. You want no. pitchers to be thrown at as well now. Nope. Nope. nope I think nope. I was pro we genitalia, not head. We said that because the commissioner had no intestinal fortitude. Did not have the guts that 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 he should as the head, and did not actually enforce the integrity of the game. That the players would take it upon themselves to enforce the integrity of the game. 
Thank you, Kennesaw Mountain Landis. And that's a there has been no commissioner that's been worth a damn yeah, for 50 years. On the commissioner's part. I mean, Faye Vincent suspended Pete Rose. I mean, he like actually did something. Well, that's because Pete Rose did something so heinous that he had to act. But Faye away. Vincent was a puppet to the owners. Well, all the commissioners in all sports are puppets. They work for the, the owners. Baseball didn't used to be. Baseball didn't used to be back in the day. Okay, well. Back in the 80s. And, well, yeah. Bud Selig 2.0, as I like to call him, yeah. uh, is com- completely incompetent. And I forget which pitcher called him out publicly this week about the, the potential 10-game suspension. But he said something like, you let the Astros get away completely scot-free, but you're going to give us 10-game suspensions? That's ridiculous. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. Actually, it's not. Uh, it, it really isn't because because the team you'll the notice didn't even lose the title. Because you'll notice, <laughs> you'll notice uh, that people did lose their jobs. Even on the Red Sox, uh, the even on the Red Sox, the player, guy lost his the job. Players, oh my gosh! Well, am I wrong? No repercussions is, is that, whatsoever. Uh, what is, the? F- <laughs> I agree with you with a 10-game suspension if they get caught, but I think this is stupid that they freaking made this rule during the middle of the season. They it's always been a rule. It's always been a rule. They're just enforcing it. They're, They're just enforcing it. Enforcing it, whatever, but they should have waited till the end of the season because – if these guys get suspended, they're not allowing these teams to add players to the roster. They where they should consider adding, you know, making it a forty-five man roster, whatever they're talking about. Um, the, some of these pitchers, I know, Glass now came out and was blaming. You know, he's, the reason why he got hurt was because of this latest thing, and now he can't do what he usually does, cheats or whatever the f he does. But oh, Garrett Cole got caught dead-handed. Red-handed uh, during oh, an interview the other the day. Headlights. He yes, was yeah. so lost. It made what's, me laugh. What's the suspension? What's the suspension for uh, cork baseballs or cork, cork bats, bats? Rather, yeah. Um, ask Albert Is it Bell. A game suspension. Ask Sammy Sosa. I don't know. <laughs> or Albert Bell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I don't know either. Like ultimately, um, yes, they should be suspended for doctoring baseballs. Absolutely. 10 games is incredibly stiff. Not really. It's, and I don't it's what, that, two It's I, two starts? Two starts, yeah. It's yeah. not that bad. But but I don't think that the batters that have been caught with um, seven games, bats. Seven games for Albert Bell. Okay. Yeah, so. Yeah, I don't think there's a set. I don't think there's a, like, set, you know, punishment. For, I, for the situation, I think it's, it's paycheck weighed on a case by case basis. Well, it's paycheck. Well, I think it's it paycheck is what it is. Set punishment. Oh, it's it's a fine. Well, no. What what they're doing is, uh, they they set it at ten because that's one paycheck cycle apparently. Oh, okay. okay. Um, yeah, no. I, I mean, I'm just saying, but for 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 the bats, for for any any kind of rigging of the hitters, I don't think there's a consistent you know, like set punishment, like they're saying now for, for, for the pitchers. For PEDs there are. For PEDs there are, but I'm saying for but the that's bats. Not a, have, yeah. They're, they're, look, if you, if you're, if you're caught cheating, hitting, or you're caught cheating, pitching, it should be similar suspensions. And you should be thrown in the head. It's going to happen no, with this new rule it, because they can't no. grip the damn ball now. I mean, they should be at least do, be able to use a rosin bag and be able to, I, I agree with the suntan lotion issue that they're talking about. Uh, uh, 
I, they need to cut back on it, but they got to be able to be able to grip that ball. They they keep changing the ball all the time. Here's the uh, thing, though: if you if you ask some a lot of players, they're okay with a certain amount of of cheating on the pitcher side because they'd rather have the pitcher have control of that 104 mile an hour yep. fastball coming at them. Yeah, they were they no were control. they were Matt until this year when batting averages dropped, well, and now pitchers. Now pitchers are getting signed to extremely extravagant contracts what, and mo- low level, this? low level to mid tier, you know, middle-class uh, batters are not getting those contracts anymore. Well, that's not necessarily so once it impacts that, your, one it, once it impacts your wallet, the batters do care now. No, they Good care. Point. Well, they but, care. They care this year. The, the reason why the averages are dropping in the, in, in the ball and the home runs are down and everything is because they messed with the ball. Let's take a look and see what the spider tax situation handles, Matt. Let's take a look it's, at the evidence. No, the Let's tax, take a look at the evidence. Difference. Let's take a look at the evidence after we see some games, uh, without, you know, with, without the juice or not juice, but without the, we're already, well, we're attack. already seeing, you know, Trevor Bauer's spin rate immediately all of a sudden completely cratered. Um, it, but it's, it's as to with spin rates, which, which counters home runs, but it doesn't counter, you know, a single, you know, hit through hit between the infielders, you know? So, uh, it, it, there, there is some deadening of the ball this year done by the made by the commissioner's office and they, they admit that they messed with the ball. And, and, uh, and I think that's, that's really the real culprit behind the batting average dropping. How, like let's t- just talking about the integrity of the game. Like why why are they messing with the ball? Right? Like because they messed with it ten years ago and it added more home runs than they wanted. <laughs> the Yankees yeah, well, broke the damn home why, run record that right, it stood well, I, I, from I'm the Mariners. Fine with that. But like why just pick a ball and deal with the consequences? And because you're gonna you have natural cycles of pitching dominance. And hitting dominance, like it it, 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 it is a natural cycle in the history of baseball. We've seen this, um, you know, whether it's a decade period or a five year period, um, you know. I mean, you look at the '80s. I mean, no one could hit anything else. You know, like Fred McGriff led the the the, the majors with home runs with 36 one year. I mean, it was ridiculous. Uh, Richie's was it Richie Zisk with 28 or 32? It was 32. No, Mike Schmidt with 32. Yeah. So yeah, in eighty one, thirty two. So like, what's wrong with the dead ball era? I I would I'd be cool with that. Uh, let's I mean, go back to I, that. Are you an advertiser, Matt? Mind. Are you trying to Are you trying to sell advertising revenue? Well, no. Okay. Dead ball, <laughs> I'm trying. To, I'm trying to watch baseball. A- ask one are of the advertising like execs. The nineteen teens. You want to go to that? Like home run Baker, like nineteen where, home like, runs? The, the league leader is eight home runs. Nineteen. I, I don't want to go back to that. Nineteen was a record for a long time. Yep. I just I know I I have no problem with pitching having the advantage, you know. I'm pitching having some strong years. I I'm I'm cool with that. Even if the pitchers cheat to do it. Uh the pitchers have been cheating for 200 years. Pitchers, so pitchers yeah. have always been cheating. So have I mean, the, I so, have remember, the, so have the batters and so have uh the the management. Yeah, you got it. Okay. I've Human nature, I understand. Cheating on the mound. I'm just I'm just delighting. I am so happy that you three who just crucified the Astros for cheating because of the honor, the respect of the game. And now you guys are like, Oh, cheating happens all the time. We love cheating a little more cheating. You know, come on. Um, we said that cheating happened. I'm all having the time. my day. 
it's, I'm having it my was day. the institutional nature yeah, of it. it. Was, that's what it was. Which exactly. Is, which is why the Black uh-huh. Sox got banned in 1919 and got the the like everything thrown at them. That's why Shilish Joe Jackson's not in in the baseball. That's why Hall Pete Rose. Fame. That's why Pete Rose. Because it was an institutional thing. <laughs> it was the whole team, right, in the World Series. It's the same thing. It was the whole team in on the scam to win a World Series. Point, it's point shaving. Like yeah, they, they could. The, the fact that they were so like they just couldn't trust the talent that they had. Their so, talent was like they have a ton of talent. So, do you not consider steroids an institutional, not institutional in one team, but like an entire culture to be a problem? Do you not consider steroids spider tack? Do you not consider spider tack to be institutional in that it's the entire culture of pitching right now? Sure. I mean, it's, but my point yeah, is, I don't see the, I don't it's see not the difference. One team. It's not one team that got an unfair advantage over the whole league. It's an entire 50% of the population of the league. That's getting an advantage over an entire 50% of the other population of the league. It's the same thing. Maybe It's the same thing. Maybe. Definitely. Well, we don't know. We don't know what the batters are doing to cheat. <clears throat> yeah, we do. What? Uh, yeah, if you believe, if you believe, uh, what's his name? The uh, there was a Twitter uh, meltdown yesterday, the day before. Ryan Spader, mm-hmm. uh, who just he just he just lost it and just started tweeting random facts about the whole teams cheating and players cheating, and apparently Chase Utley is the biggest cheater of all time. And <laughs> and but he had no, he had absolutely no proof to any of this. Apparently, oh. he had second sources of actual players. Oh, was that no so? That was all. That's all just so him immediately spouting today off. Today he had to retract it all. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. But the problem he's is, a, a, I think he was a New York beat writer. The problem is that gets out there and people like me start believing it. Because. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I mean, that's yeah. a that's a Twitter problem in general. Yep. Uh, he's an MLB analyst. Uh, he leveled a yeah at the Astros, the Royals, the Yankees, and the Dodgers. He also uh, slandered Adrian Beltre and Carlos Beltran. Um, he also called this. This one hurts to say. My favorite player ever, Chase Utley, was the biggest cheater of all time. But he has. But he offered absolutely no, no proof evidence. or no context <laughs> or anything at all. Well, the Beltran and Beltre, I could kind of see because there were suspicions uh, for PEDs. Stands. Apparently, Beltre had somebody who would stay in the stands and like wave his shirt. Uh, for certain signs or something like that. That's what the Astros uh, did, right? Basically, that's, that's, that's creative. That's that's. <laughs> yeah. My, my, my point was is like, is that technically illegal? Uh, but also, it's what the Astros essentially did. Guy waving his shirt in time for the pitch to then focus and swing. I mean, that's what the Astros did essentially. Kinda. Yep, they were a bunch yeah. of cheaters. Just like all the pitchers. Just well, like all the pitchers. Yep. I mean, the Astros were listening for a sound. It's a little different. It's slightly different. It's like, fundamentally, it. it's fundamentally at, the same thing. Well, think no, but think about it though. You're you're at you're at bat, and your pitcher and the pitcher's up there. He takes the sign, and you have to focus on some guy out in the outfield, and then somehow bring back and focus in time to catch the ball. It's almost like humans. Hit. It's almost like humans have peripheral vision. <laughs> anyway, uh, we're. I, I want to go back to talking about the doctoring the ball, and Rich. I don't understand why you are having such a problem with this as a soccer fan, because they doctor that ball. They change it every 10 years. Remember, um, remember the South, soc- South well, African, soccer, 
soccer so- changes the, has cha- has changed the ball consistently throughout its history. Yeah, as technology has improved, because uh, I mean, the soccer balls that you played with a hundred years ago would get waterlogged. And they were leather. Yeah, they were like bricks. Were really I mean, the, the, there's there's so my my point is that soccer, unlike baseball, ha- has adapted technology throughout its equipment. Not that there's a whole lot of it, but um, cleats, shin guards, uniforms, soccer ball, um, goals, et cetera, have all been improved dramatically. And those are very, very different than even 20 years ago. Okay. Baseball, baseball, baseball made one big change in 1920. They, they made the ball a lot harder. And so then when you hit it, it went a lot farther and they made the ball heavier, right? Like they made a fundamental change in 1920 and then home runs came and the game came back in the wake of the, the Black Sox scandal. They basically changed that ball or kept that ball unchanged for like 60 years, 70 years. And then in the last 20 years, they've messed around with the ball three or four times, okay? So you're not gonna it's talk, a fundamentally different thing. You're not going to talk about raising also, and lowering other, the mound? One other point though, one other point. Statistics... Yeah matter in baseball to an extent that is unimaginable in any other sport. There are no stats in football that, that, that like go across eras like they do in baseball. There's no stats in basketball that go across eras like they do. uh, I mean, era to era, like same thing with hockey uh, to, to a certain extent, right? Like no other sport has a legacy Related to its statistics that baseball does track and field. And so messing around with the ball and fundamentally messing around with the rules like pitching and like the number of batters you can face and such like that. It just it it ruins like the one best thing about baseball, which is its history. Uh, first of all, track and field, um, their, their stats matter. Uh, how fast you run, you know, the, anyway. Um, but anyway, the pitcher's mound that that changes. Um, you're starting to sound like an old man. Um, I am starting to sound like an old man. <laughs> I, 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 and, and I am a history teacher too. Yeah, so, you know. I, soul man. Changed. Yes. Soul man. Yes. Are we, do stats still matter? Not you, you hang on. I, I got to point at Matt up there. You shut up. <laughs> Cause the, I know what you're going to say. It matters to me. Look, this isn't professional wrestling where you think it's real. Okay. It, this this question for soul man, does it matter to the population? That stats matter. Is, is that Do baseball matters? stats matter to the general populace as a whole? I know it matters to all of us here on this call, but I'm talking about. Does no, your, does I it, mean, people, if you're talking about baseball stats, half the people know Jack about the game. They just want to go to the game and enjoy a game. I mean, I, today's generation, whatever the, whatever they call the people that are born in 2000, they want to see the 10 to eight games, but I personally want to see the two to one games. But like you said, we, 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 we monitor the stats and I don't think it cares to half the population at least right now. So, okay. Now I'll go up to Matt, Matt again, do not, don't you dare say it matters to me. I'm, it's not what I'm asking. What I'm asking mm-hmm. is take something like home runs. Can, can I, can I talk? Well, no, that was a comma. I, I said, take something like okay, home runs, sorry, comma. Um, <laughs> they used they used to matter till uh, everybody's hitting sixty of them a year. Um, 
So does it, does that, does that matter? I mean, is there, is there anything magical about, about these numbers anymore? I, I would, I would partially agree with, with Solak uh, that, that, you know, a lot of, a lot of people to a lot of people they don't, they've lost a lot of their meaning. You're right. With the home runs, they, people aren't counting quite as much as before, but I would say that there are still some that do matter in people's minds, you know, like batting average is still absolutely, you know, tra- talked about left and right. And, and runs batted in, you know, and and home home runs to a certain extent, not as much as as you know back in the home run races that we had, you know, with Sosa and McGuire and and all that and Bonds. But, um, I, yeah, majority majority of folks out there, I would say the majority of the stats they don't care. Boy, I don't even know if that's true about RBIs anymore. I talk about RBIs and all my baseball friends from yeah, it doesn't matter. It's all situational. Yeah, anybody can. If you're batting third, anybody can get an RBI. Any schmo. Um, that's what I hear. I'm. You guys know it's true. Yeah, know it's true. You've heard these, you. <laughs> some of you true. might have been telling me that. Um, but anyway, um, I don't know. I don't think it's magical anymore. I think it's already ruined. Rich, I think you're living in 1992. You just you know purchased Status Pro Baseball, and you're sitting there in your in your attic of your mom's house, you yeah. know, yeah, that's good times flame, you know, solo good times. You know? What, what's the problem with this? Um, <laughs> Trying to imagine, oh, wait, look, do you, do you look, play there, Mike there Blowers at third or what's that? There are statistics. The statistics matter to the hardcore baseball fan and the hardcore baseball fan should matter to the powers of be at baseball because they spend more money on baseball than any other type of fan. But that's not what the advertisers care about. <laughs> And baseball only cares about the advertisers because they care about the money that they brought in from the advertisers. And Rich, were you not listening to Kevin Mathers at that Kiwanis Club? He he doesn't care. He he said the Mariners the fans, fans are idiots. the fans are no idiots. They're just anyway. coming in anyway. Yeah, he doesn't need to do anything except put out bobbleheads. The people just keep yeah. coming. That's the way these. <laughs> that's the way these owners think. You know, uh, Mariners owners one hundred percent. I'm sure there's other teams like the Pirates who just know fans are going to come in through the turnstile to buy hot dogs and don't care about uh, that really good team they had 10 years ago that they just frittered away. Yeah, that mentality is not is not lo- not limited to just the Mariners front office. You know it's that not. that's it's, it's, no. it's throughout baseball. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> so all the my my one my one thought is that maybe I am an old man. But there are statistics mm-hmm. in baseball that do matter. So for example, 56 <laughs> I, dude, I don't think any millennial out there can tell you what 56 means. Probably should not. We, should we explain? It's, it's, it's yeah, we should. We should explain it, yes. That Joe DiMaggio, yeah, the hitting streak there you for go. Joe DiMaggio. I'm like, uh, just, you guys are just hang, letting it hang. No, no, you're there, right. Like you're this. right. I was in such a hurry to prove him wrong that I forgot to explain but myself. There are other magical <laughs> that numbers broken. That- that that mattered. For example, 714, which was Babe Ruth's home run total, and then 755, which was Hank Aaron's. Um, What's it right there, now? You know, other What's numbers it right like now, Rich? 400. What's it right mm-hmm. now, Rich? Um, it's still 755 in my mind. Yeah, I see, no there we go. It. The home run record no longer matters. No, well, <laughs> I don't know what Bonds. I don't really know what Bonds ended up with. Babe Ruth didn't hit 700. So, you know. What? You can debate that. Home runs were different back then than they are really now. A ground wow. rule double counted as a home run. Yeah, well. So a lot of his home runs were not home runs gotcha. by today's standards. Okay. 
But anyway, that didn't so, add to our, the conversation. But that's, no, I'm just it's saying, a nice little bit of trivia. Is, Thank you. The point <laughs> is, it, it, it's it's all relative. It all whatever right. you know. Anyway, yeah, it's, yeah. I'll I'll just give I'll give one <laughs> one last thing. What one thing that was that was nice. One of the things that I loved about baseball as um as I grew up was that I could look across statistics um, over the years and see comparisons from era to era. And you can't do that, say, in football, right, our most popular sport, where for the longest time, Dan Marino, like, had an insane number of yards that he threw in, what, like, 1984. It was, like, over 4,800 yards passing or something. And that that record stood for a really, really long time. And then um, in the 2000s, like the 2010s, it got obliterated by, like, 16 guys and a bunch of schmoes who, who who couldn't hold Dan Marino's jock strap, um, but still put up the yardage, right? So, like, um, the, something that was nice about baseball is that, that that didn't happen, right? It wasn't schmoes breaking records until uh, the PED record when you have, like, guys like Dante Pichette who hit, like, 500 home runs. So. Rafael Palmero. Wait, wait. Yeah, wait. Rafael Palmero. Brett, Brett Favre is a schmo. Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, those are schmoes. But okay. No, no. No, I would say Scott Mitchell. Oh. Andre Phillip Ware. Rivers. I would say Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers. He's not. Yeah, he's okay. I'm looking at the all-time list uh, of of career career yards and. Oh, not. I wasn't talking like I was talking like season. He's talking about season, season okay. yard. Season yards where there was like system quarterbacks that broke Marino's records, so. Um, oh, Jameis Winston beat him. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's my point. It's terrifying. Is that, you know, <laughs> just not the same. No, that's terrifying. Uh, before <laughs> before we get to uh, soccer, talk a little bit of soccer here. Uh, there is since I since I made three snide comments about the Red Sox, we should give we should give uh, Solak a moment to to express his anger and. Dismay. Yeah, I never get that when you when you make fun of Oregon. For Oregon's sure. different than the Red Sox. Come on, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Dustin Pedroia is one of the best second basemen of this the last twenty years. No matter what you think, I never said he I'll, wasn't. I, well, you made a snide comment about him earlier. No, I made a snide comment about your GM and your and your manager. I never heard that. You know, you never said GM. I or said manager. putting him. I said. I said the Red Sox are to blame with Dustin Pedroia for putting a non leadoff person in a leadoff position. That is yep. what I said. So don't, don't twist well, that's my not words. Blaming Pedroia. That's blaming the people who put him. Yes, in. exactly. Uh, and you for, uh, and, and you for rooting for that. Yes. <laughs> if you're going to get on my case, you got, you got to get the, <laughs> uh, get the facts right. Yell yeah. at me for the right thing. Not for the wrong reasons. <laughs> And, and use so, your words. Um, don't just don't just grunt. The at Red it. Sox have like the second or third best. No, they have the third best record in the American League, and yeah. they're playing some damn good baseball. Yes, Alex Cora is a cheater, but he's also a damn good manager. And <laughs> I, I know you're never going to love the Red Sox. Whatever, keep rooting for those Seattle Mariners who are going nowhere. But <clears throat> there's a reason why I, I I've always liked the Red Sox. There's a reason why I jumped on their bandwagon. Yes, in 2003, but. It, 20 years later, I'm not on the bandwagon. I'm a huge fan. I don't know how I could be on the damn bandwagon, boss man. Because you have a tow truck. I'm sure you 
towed that oh my God. bandwagon. <laughs> 20 years ago, you towed it away so and you took we'll it for yourself. Uh, <laughs> hey, guys. Um, just one thing. Remember remember a few weeks ago I was on the show and I was being like the, the, the sad-faced Mariners fan about the run differential? Yeah. Yeah, how's that working out for our Mariners? It's nice. Still sucks ass. Wait, what's it at right now, hey, Soulman? What's it at? Minus fifty-six. Minus fifty-six. <laughs> we're almost we're almost five hundred right now. I mean, we're you know yeah we're, we're still by this we're doing work better than we should. Luck, yeah, we're 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 outplaying our 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 run differential. But if you look at all like if you just look at the standings throughout baseball, basically all the teams with good run differential at the top of their division. And yes, there's a couple of outliers here where, like, somehow the Astros are still behind the A's, even though they've outscored. Wow. Like, they have like 70 run differential difference. No, they right? have 101. But, well, right, but like the difference is Oakland's plus 30. Oh, yeah, they're, yeah, Houston's they're up, they're plus 101 yeah. is my point. But like that's that stuff's gonna gonna matter. And I mean, ultimately, I don't care how the Mariners do it if they do it with great pitching and and crappy offense or like average and average, but like. This team is not very good at scoring runs. This team's not very good at uh, stopping other teams from scoring runs. And you don't like Matt said earlier, you need talent, and you you hang on to talent and, until unless you find a, a way to trade for more talent that you think yep. is actually going to help you. Um, but I just yeah, I would not see I mean, anything from from the leadership of the of the team that's going to make me think that they're going to be able to acquire and keep talent. Yep. No, I, I would I would listen to offers on Hanniger, but I'm I don't I don't believe we'd get in a package that's gonna make it worthwhile. Other than resetting our pushing back our uh, rebuild even further. But I think DePoto's feeling the heat right now and knows we, he's gotta start to deliver. So I think he's gonna hang on to Hanniger. Cool. Yeah, the Cleveland Spiders got disbanded for not even being as bad as this team. So um. well, they were a farm team for the Cardinals, weren't they? Yeah. We're pretty much a farm team for the rest of the yeah. baseball. So. <laughs> so how about some soccer guys? Yes. How about that soccer ball? Um, the U S men's national team, they did something different. They beat my, um, not Miami. They beat uh, Mexico. Same difference. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, so there was a there was a tournament um, over the last uh, couple of weeks called the Concacaf Nations League. I'll explain. Concacaf is the North American, Central American, and Caribbean confederation that the United States is part of, and the main rivalry in the United uh, has been between the United States and Mexico over the last thirty years, uh, with both teams kind of uh, holding their own. But the last uh, let's say half decade. Maybe a little bit longer than that. Mexico has really uh, um, taken us to to the you know to and given us swirlies. Uh, basically, they they've they, we have not beaten Mexico since 2013. And um, wow, yeah, it's 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 bad. But there's this this new tournament that they introduced um, to to give uh, confederations more options, more uh, tournament play, basically more official games that actually matter. There's actually a trophy. And so um, the United States beat Honduras in the semifinals, and then they beat uh, Mexico three to two. They had to come back um, three times, basically. They went down one to zero, then they tied it, and then they went down two to one, and then they tied it, and then they won 
uh, in extra time with a, uh, they won a penalty kick. It was a questionable call, but our uh, superstar soccer player, Christian Pulisic, he plays in London uh, in the English Premier League for Chelsea. And he is one of their top, I don't know, 15 players. He's probably their number one best offensive player, though he's not a, always a starter. Um, and, I mean, he's a he's a champion of Europe. He he was on that team that won the Champions League. He was on the field when the when the final whistle went. So he is a he's a truly elite world class player. And um, he stepped up to the penalty spot and, and put it past the Mexico goalkeeper. Uh, in spite of all the shenanigans and the nonsense that happens in the tournament, you know, all the, the mind games that, that get played. Um, yeah. So it was, it was, it was epic and it was great and it was, uh, full of twists and turns. And, um, you can say this, the, uh, the U S many things can be said about the U S team for a long time. Basically it's that they were athletic, they played hard and they were opportunistic. And this team was, athletic and they played hard and they were opportunistic but here's the other thing um it's a lot more talented team than we've ever had before and i think that i'm going to go into abe's realm of 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 uh you know elan and feelings and emotions and not statistics here (laughs) this team needed to know that they could win together because the team is really really young Uh, the average age was like 23.5 so Which my question really, really young to you, for Rich, yeah. I have a question for you, Rich. Um, are, 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 they, are they good enough to take on Canada, who is so good that they recruit players that don't even play for them to score goals for them? <laughs> for those yes. who don't know, what do you mean? Uh, <laughs> Canada played against Haiti, and, and, and Haiti's goalkeeper scored a, scored a, a goal for yes. Canada. Yes, it was... It was a an epic fail uh, of of the type that's going to show up on Sports Center bloopers for the next Ugh, fifty years. Yeah, a horrible horrible moment for that for that poor poor young man. Um, just I mean a comedy of like he made like three or three bad errors in a row that ended up the, of the ball getting into his own goal. Um, uh, but yes, yes, uh, they are they are much better than Canada. Canada, oh, but, okay. Well, but Canada is, can recruit players outside their own team. I mean, that's pretty yeah, impressive. I mean, I mean, it just takes a few Canadian. Uh, what what are they called? Loonies. Yeah. Um, I, I got a question for Rich, sure. real quick, please. Uh, yeah. Swansea, Swansea was uh, our friends over at Swansea were posting last weekend. Uh, soccer player collapsed on the field. I think his name was Christian Erickson. Yeah, I believe. How how is he? What's the status? So he's alive. So that's the first good okay. piece of good news. He collapsed. He had a, he had a full on heart attack, car, full on cardiac arrest. Oh wow! Oh, wow. No, no heartbeat. Mind you, the, the the man is I think twenty eight or twenty nine. That's... He's the captain of the Dan- Danish team. He plays at Inter Milan, which is one of the top ten clubs in the world as far as size and and payroll. Um, he's, he's a creative attacking midfielder. He's kind of like their, their linchpin. Um, I mean, he is to their team. The best way I can describe it as far as the Danish team goes is he's, he's Ken Griffey Jr. on the 1991 Mariners. I mean, he is like the only good player really that they have because no one else has gotten good yet. Right. Like, Like he's just so much better than everyone else. And, um, he was gone. Uh, luckily, they had um, 
a defibrillator on site wow. and they had nurses and uh, paramedics ready to go. Um, there were like three doctors that came and treated him on the field and uh, he was taken to the local hospital and is survived and apparently has a really good prognosis. Oh, um, cool. They don't know about his career yet, but yeah, super scary. And the fact that it just like, he was like having like all of a sudden he started having problems, I guess, breathing and it's uh, because it's, he was having a heart attack. And then by the time, like basically you see the moment where he just collapses and yeah. they said that he had no heartbeat when they like, uh, when they checked him, like, uh, like none. Crazy. Like, um, he was gone. So that is okay. Oh. Yeah. So um, scary, scary moment. Yeah. That sucks. Um, question about Alex Roldan, brother mm -hmm. of Christian Roldan. Yep. How can Alex Roldan go to the El Salvador national team when his brother just a couple of years ago was on the men's us men's national team. Great question. So, um, every country has their own eligibility rules for their national team. Um, generally, generally the rule is you have to be a citizen, but some countries have a ethnicity or nationality thing. And, uh, the rolled ons parents have, I can't remember which side of the family it is, but they have some El Salvadorian, Salvadorian, uh, heritage. They also have Guatemalan heritage. And so there was some interest from Guatemala towards Christian Roldan, and he chose to play for the United States. Um, Alex really wants to play international soccer, um, and he's finally gotten good enough that it's um, a real thing. The problem is the United States is stacked at right back, which apparently is his position now. Like, he would be like, 12th on the depth chart if he were to try to play for the united states he might not even get called in so he's decided that he wants to play and um there's a tournament coming up later in the summer and so he might go off and play with that in that tournament along with christian rolled on which is i know gonna uh, grind both matt and uh, brian's gears and mine uh, <laughs> and yours but it is the highest honor to play for your national team and as long as that is the fact in soccer that's going to be like what the, the Sounders will accommodate him. Now here's some good. That's news. not his national team, but, <laughs> but it's a national team that he's going to play for. So it, it is his team. Um, it's, his it's team, complicated. Man. It's, it's just, it's no different than us taking a bunch of guys that were born in Germany who happen to have American parents and recruiting them to play for the United States. There's like four players that we have on our, on our, like our top, 30 or 40 man roster that are, that are exactly that are their dual nationals that chose you to play for the United States. One of them, uh, Serginio Dest actually, um, he plays for Barcelona, uh, in Spain. And, uh, I think he's Dutch and he'd, I don't, I think the amount of time that he'd actually spent in the United States was like, I don't know, months were like measured in months, but he chose to play for the United States because one of his parents is American. So, okay. So uh, it goes both ways. So the Sounders should start up soon and we're going to end up having half a team. Um, no, it's like normal. No, no. Um, so the, the Sounders are going to start up soon. Um, but they have another break coming up later in the summer for the gold cup. So when most of these guys go off to do stuff, it's not really going to affect us. What is going to affect us actually is right now, um, Raul Rui Diaz is on international duty, uh, for, uh, his, his national team, Peru. Peru. And, um, for the next couple of weeks, he's probably going to miss matches. Also on the injury front, 
this is dire, guys. Sorry, but it's it's bad. So Jordan Morris out with an ACL injury. Yep. Uh, Jordy Delem out with an ACL injury. That's a defensive uh, a defensive back. Defensive uh, center uh, center center, back. center mid, and then one of our backup uh, center backs. He was actually playing center back when he got hurt. Um, Stefan Fry has gotten some serious complications. Uh, we got an update from Brian Schmetzer on Stefan Fry as well as Nicholas Ladero. It's looking dire, guys. We're talking months till both mm. of these guys come back. Well, so the um, wheels are the wheels are falling off. Except that they're not. Well, so hang on. Stefan Fry won us. Stefan Fry single-handedly won a uh, yeah. MLS Cup that we didn't score a goal in. Yep. <laughs> He sure did. He alone. He, he alone. He no, should look, put his look. name on the cup. Yeah. Look, so here's the thing. So the Sounders are down. The Sounders have played outstanding soccer. Not just good, not just like kind of good, not just pretty, but outstanding, beautiful soccer and effective soccer for the for basically the whole season. Okay. And they've done that with 32 minutes played by Nicholas Ladero, their best player by far. Okay. They've done that without Jordan Morris at all the whole season. Um, and they've won a game and had two draws that they should have won both of those draws with the backup goalkeeper in. This is not like the sky is falling. So just remember, we were talking about the Mariners. They have no talent. The Sounders have tons of talent and they have the best general manager in soccer, at least in, in American soccer. And he talked openly about what his plans are during the summer transfer window that's coming up in like three weeks. He's going to try to acquire three or four players to, to, to bolster the roster, which he can do now because he has a couple of people that are on the injury list for the, for the season. And so, um, and, and more to the point that this team, you know, one of the, one of the most important things that any manager can do is to get the most out of their players and put their players in a position to, to maximize their talents, which I mean, I know you'd hate him, Abe, inexplicably, but Lou Pinello was really, really good at doing that. I think he'd be a terrible soccer GM. Well, I know, but he was really good at baseball. <laughs> he was really good at getting the most out of most of his players in baseball. Anyway, Brian Schmetzer seems to have found the right formula for these guys, the right tactics and formation, and um, is really good at, at motivating them. And then the general manager's done a good job of getting young talent that's actually good enough to play with the veterans. So this team is going to get better, and they're going to get healthier at some point, okay? Um, now, Stefan Fry does have a really serious medical issue. He has blood clots, um, which are a complication from his um, – he, he had some minor tears in his knee from that bad collision he had a, a few games back. And uh, the, the time frame on that is like three to four months at a minimum to go through blood clot protocols, um, because okay. he has to take blood thinners and you can't go off of those too fast. It takes a while for the clotting factors and you can't have contact with anything. And anyway, so it's, it's a long time for him and stuff. Um, and then Nicholas Ladero had an unexpected minor, it was minor knee surgery to clean out his knee. Cause he kept on having pain in his knee and they didn't know what was going on. So that's a little more sketchy. Um, based on how people are talking about it, they expect him back in a couple of months, but it's still kind of a fuzzy timeline. Are so, you aware that you just named off five starters? Well, Delem's not a starter to be fair, but, <laughs> um, yes. Okay. How about four superstars? 
four superstars, yes. And then also um, Josh, Josh Atencio, who in the first two games came in and just ripped up the league. He's also been out with a quad strain. They're being really, really careful with him because he missed a whole season due to injury last year. And they want to make sure that that doesn't happen again, basically. Um, so they they have enough depth right now, though it is being strained and tested a little bit. Um, so, I mean, here's the good news, though. We're going to play the Galaxy on on Saturday night. Okay. And you might say, well, it's the Galaxy. But the, the Galaxy have stunk since 2015. Since we knocked them out of the playoffs, they've they've basically been in a, in a, in they, a perpetual nosedive. Didn't they beat LAFC twice this year? No. Hang on. No, they're doing well this year, though, aren't they? They are in second place, but um, we ripped them apart. <laughs> oh, second place. It's just yeah. terrible. What a terrible they're team. Like in second place by 10 points. I think they're like 10 points behind the Sounders. Okay. Uh, they're, no, they're they're three points behind. And what? Yeah. Inexplicable. <laughs> totally, total, total fake news. Okay. Right. <laughs> anyway, so it, it is actually a battle for first place. You're right. But um, uh, the Sounders have generated offense and LA has not shown this season that they can defend. They've basically been winning every game like three to two um, because Chicharito has been great and they've, they found a way to score goals just like outshoot everyone, right? Out, outscore everyone. But they, they cannot play defense at the Sounders. Sounders can play defense. So um, yeah, but we have no offense. If you're telling me there's no Ladero, there's no, there's no uh, Rui Diaz, like <clears throat> Will Bruin, um, Freddie Will Montero, Bruin? Freddie Montero. What is Freddie this? Montero? 2014. What, what, what are you giving me these names for? Well, he was not with the Sounders in 2014. That was Oba Deuce. But um, anyway, <laughs> nice try. Um, Whatever. But Freddie Montero is our second leading scorer. And um, he has shown that he can really be effective, especially at being a creative force. And I think that um, we have more than enough offense to get uh, to get goals against L.A. They have not they do not have any good defenders. Okay. period. Like and and I mean, at worst, you could say that Sounders have average attackers without Rui Diaz and without Ladero. But I think that that's not accurate because they've created tons of really good chances with the wingbacks getting up. And uh, the midfield really um, being really smart with their runs and uh, and creating uh, uh, offensive danger. So, um, I mean, the Sounders the Sounders lead. Uh, I believe they lead the league in goals. Uh, they certainly lead the league in goal differential, and um, they they're also their their statistics, which Abe hates. Their their advanced statistics also support how good they've been. So. Uh, I'm very confident that we have a, a very good chance to go into LA and, and beat them. <clears throat> All right. Um, what other questions you guys got for me? I, think that's... I got nothing. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it's uh, it's uh, six o'clock. Sounders haven't Sounders haven't on Saturday. Six o'clock. Okay. I was going to say Sounders haven't played for weeks, and like I kind of just forgot about them to be honest. Um, oh, yeah. The uh, which is one thing that I hate about soccer is they take because we have this like summer season, we have to keep taking these big long extended periods of time off. And then even when we come back, you know, it's the same old, like, okay, well now we don't have half our team. So the Sounders we do have is down at the level of like the galaxy now, you know, it's like, yeah, 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, you, you you're not wrong. The, the thing is, though, you don't want to try to play soccer in winter in, say, Denver or Salt Lake or Chicago. Why not? It's fine. Um, they do it in Russia. They don't. They They're don't. Wrong. They take like a three month break in their season. Oh, I don't think Russia. I'd want that. That sounds pretty bad too. <laughs> <laughs> the, so here's the thing: like, there's a lot of people out there that, that bang this drum about, oh, you need to be on the international schedule. There is no international schedule. There's the European schedule, um, which most people want, like, um, United States to to follow, but like. The, the fact of the matter is that Europe actually has a pretty mild climate for the most part. And the places that have bad weather, like Germany and Scandinavia, they take breaks in the winter, like for a month and a half or two, mm-hmm. because it's too cold to play. Do, um, uh, do you think so, there's too many MLS teams, Rich? I think we're getting to a point where they're going to have to do something, either to break it into two conferences that don't ever play each other except in the final or break it into MLS one and MLS two or some such thing where there's promotion and relegation between the two leagues. And I know that the, the owners would never dig that, but I, there was a model that they brought up about a year ago, year and a half ago that I thought would be pretty interesting. It's a super league mm-hmm. where, um, you don't really demote anybody in the MLS, but you do promote like our top eight teams to play the top eight teams in Mexico. And so they, they play in that league yeah. and then, you know, the bottom two from each drop every, you know, uh, so, I mean, we mm. can do that. Really? The, the thing is that it's very complicated. Like super leagues are complicated. Champions leagues are complicated. And while the dedicated soccer fan understands a lot of these things, the casuals generally don't. And right now we have a major problem. At least major league soccer has a major problem is that, the Mexican league is still the, the most popular soccer league in America and it's not close. But isn't so, that weird because it's only their top echelon teams that are better. Well, it's they're no, mid to low tier just, just as I'm crappy just as MLS. Ratings. I'm just talking eyeballs on the screen. Yeah. The, the, and of course they're, they're just watching the top teams, but here's the thing though. The Mexican league actually has a fair amount of parody in the last 10 years. Basically, like, uh, the 12 top teams have all won a league title in that period of time. Um, now, they have two half seasons, right? And they do have, like, a Super Cup at the end between the two half-season champions. But basically, they if you win, like, a half season, you're considered a champion of Mexico, and it's, it's good. You get a star and all that good malarkey, right? But, like, the fact of the matter is that, that all of these um, – all of these teams have, have been good. There's enough parity in the Mexican League. And yes, there's still Club America and there's still Chivas, and those are like the top two. But but the rest of the teams kind of rotate through and are good enough that it's that it's interesting. And so, you know, you know, one year Tijuana will be terrible, and then a couple of years later they're they're the champions of Mexico. So it's it's a it's a lot more fun, um, I think, for them. And then um but yeah, I mean, the Super League has been has been talked about. It. I think it has a lot to do with the ambition of Mexican uh, the Mexican League to to infiltrate further into Canada and the United States, just as far as getting more uh, gringos like us to uh, to watch. <laughs> because quite frankly, the Mex I mean, Mexican soccer is fun to watch. 
Um, <clears throat> and I would watch it more if I had uh, someone speaking English that because I you know I don't speak Spanish and it's it's fun to listen in Spanish, but I have no idea what they're saying and I don't know any of the players, right? I just want to watch something fun. <laughs> and so, like I said, you know, if I can get an American, you know, an English announcer, I think that that's a, a big win. And, it, and then it's fun to watch. All right. Well, we're getting to our end of our show here. So we're just going to go into our shout outs. And uh, because it is the tradition that we normally do, Matt, care to give us your shout out? <clears throat> uh, no, this I'm is a. This is always a check to see if Matt's paying attention during the show. This is no, this is, this is always, <laughs> this, this is the continued, uh, um, throw Matt under the bus. Uh, so man, how long have we been doing these podcasts? I want two years now, two years. And you think a, Matt would, a, you think Matt would learn, wouldn't you? Yes. <laughs> talk, talk. I'm going to give a shout out to Wee Willie Bloomquist. What? Bloomquist what? Is, is ASU's, uh, uh, baseball coach now. Okay. Down in uh, Arizona state university. Former Mariner. And congrats. Okay. <laughs> uh, Rich, over to you. Any shouts outs this week? Yeah, I, I'm going to give a shout out to you guys for going up to Funko Field and um, doing the podcast from up there. And just the, the local coverage has been, it's been awesome. Like, I'm, I, I haven't been back to Seattle for a, for a long time, but when I'm, the next time I'm coming in, I'm I'm if it's in the summer, I'm I'm definitely heaven, heading up to Everett to watch, uh, just because it's 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 close and it's cheap and um, it's not the disaster that is uh, the, the 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 mothership uh, the Seattle Mariners. So <laughs> shout out to you guys for 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 doing something that that, that a national um, a national outlet can't or won't do. So uh, kudos. For the nice. record, uh, I, I'm willing to bet anyone that if the Mariners went to Funko Field, 50-50 chance between the, the Aqua Sox and the Mariners. I, I think in a, in a seven-game <laughs> series, the Mariners <laughs> would win in game seven. Gotcha. All right. Um, I would like to give a shout-out to the Boston Red Sox and all their fans. I think that uh, they are obviously America's team, and uh, we should all yeah, – Yeah, l- they put up with a lot of crap, too. They put up with a lot of uh, – uh, yeah. Things and they're by they're by they are no in no way pompous, arrogant, or uh, or or mean about uh, their fandom over my fandom. (laughs) Well, thank you. Over to you, Soul Man. (laughs) All right. Well, I have I got I don't know how to follow that one, but I do have (laughs) (laughs) I got four shout outs I need to give out. Um, First of all, shout out to the Bellingham Bells. Matt and I and my wife are headed up there this weekend to see a Bellingham Bells game and to cover them. So thank you, Stephanie Morell, for inviting us. Uh, my second shout out is to the actor who played Herb on WKRP in Cincinnati. All you fans out there, rest in peace. Frank uh, Bonner? Yeah, passed away today. Uh, my third shout out is to my recent interview, Isaiah Campbell of the Everett Aqua Sox. Um, they thought he was going to have Tommy John surgery, but it turned oh. out he had a, just a, t- a tear in his elbow. So oh. yesterday he had surgery on that to clean that up, and he'll be back on the mound in three months. Ouch. So just best of luck to you on the recovery. They said if he would have had, we could talk about it later another day, but he said if he would have had Tommy John surgery, it would have ruined his career. 
Um, last but not least, happy Father's Day to my wonderful father, and happy Father's Day to Rich and Abraham, and to all you fathers out there. And happy Father's Day to Matt's dad, who has to put up with him. <laughs> yes, and oh, by the way, uh, the Isaiah Campbell uh, interview will be available on our site soon on Seattle Sports Union, uh, just as soon as it also appears in the program uh, at the uh, Everett Aqua Sox games. You can find our articles from Seattle Sports Union there. Great. Oh, and uh, bonus along on with that interview and several others. Bonus on top of that, we'll have the Emerson Hancock one up on YouTube uh, and Podbean, so that'll be up soon. And then uh, in in the future, we'll get our we'll get our interviews together and we'll have more of them available on youtube thanks everybody for checking us out here on faith here on podbean as well as spotify and itunes thank you richard a michelson the ram from ingram for being on the show today and thank you to angry 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 oregon duck matt page (laughs) and uh thank you for brian the soul soul man solak for being here and guiding us through this journey and we'll see you guys next week on the Seattle Sports Union Podcast. Uh.